Game time. You're listening to the House League Heroes podcast with your hosts, Riley Barton and Tanner Chuby. Follow the guys on Instagram at Riley. What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Season 2, Episode 3 of the House League Heroes podcast. And we're very happy to have guests on for the first time on this podcast. Into the Flames podcast co-hosts Raja and Noah. I'm going to send it over to you guys right now. And uh, Noah, we'll start with you. Just introduce yourself. Yeah, um, I'm Noah. I've been uh, doing the Into the Flames podcast for the last six or seven months now. We started it uh, halfway through the through the uh, season this year. It's gone pretty well for us. Um, can't can't really complain too much about uh, what's happened. Raja, what about you? Let's hear a little bit about you. Yeah, so uh, I'm Raja. I started up in and of, Into the Flames because you know thought I'd be a big Flames fan and. You know, I wanted to just put myself out there. Noah messages me. Now we're best friends six months later. So, yeah, it's yeah. Our, our our channel's still relatively new. So, this is our first feature credit. So, we're pretty hyped. Yeah, we're excited. We've been talking about this collab for um, a, a pretty much since the second round started. We just never ended up getting around to it. As always, joined by my co-host, Riley Barton. Riley, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm yeah. excited for this as well. It's going to be fun. I think so, too. And uh, we have the Into the Flames co-host here. I think we'd be doing uh, everyone listening in justice by not talking a little bit about the Flames. So since we haven't talked awesome. since they got knocked Tanner, you had to. Four in a <laughs> row after winning a barn burner game one, 9-6. Yeah. The Oilers storm back and take the series. Um, but I, I think everyone kind of knows how the series what happened there but i think a lot of flames fans are, are now looking towards kind of what's going to happen this off season it's there's a lot of stuff that has to happen and we'll start with the the biggest one in johnny goudreau yeah well that's that's kind of where mine and raja's focus has shifted as soon as that game was over um the, as soon as game five was over my mindset just went to, went to this off season is going to be hell it's going to be absolute hell um johnny goudreau is demanding some big big money um I don't know if the Flames are going to be able to get it done. I'm hopeful. I think that they're going to move out a couple contracts. I, I think that they're going to be able to get that one done. It's looking that way. Uh, a lot of analysts and people around the league, even Friedman was saying that he expects Goudreau to, to stay with Calgary. But then again, it's the NHL. Anything can happen. What did you guys think? Uh, he had that press conference kind of where he was talking about, the, you know, the neighbors shoveling his snow. And I, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> don't like to to beat fans down but that sounded like the subtle way of saying i'm leaving this city um what what did you guys kind of think of those comments um me personally i didn't actually get a negative vibe out of his press conference i feel like i feel like there's a difference between a player being negative and a player being candid about their situation um a lot of the like lines that he said that could have come out as somewhat suspect, you know, in terms of like, there was one question that he responded with saying like, you know, when my time does, you know, come to a close here, I want people to remember me as like a good person, that sort of thing. Um, 
at the end of the day, like when you're a star player and you're an all-star in the league and you're hitting unrestricted free agency, you have, you don't necessarily know what's next. Um, it was a known thing that true living and, you know, Johnny's camp weren't, weren't going to be necessarily publicizing any sort of negotiation tactic or, you know, status or whatnot throughout the season. So to me, it's almost like Gaudreau, we know he wants to be here. We know he said it, but you, until, until a contract is signed, everything is hypothetical, right? Exactly. Until pen hits paper hits. Yeah. It doesn't, it, well, it doesn't make it easier to like a uh, big off season coming up. Like Matthew Kachuk is another big guy. They have to figure out what they're going to do. And I think I know Johnny's probably right now, priority number one, but Kachuk cannot be that far behind. Um, what, I personally, it's kind of good that me and Riley had this episode that recorded and didn't yeah. uh, <laughs> didn't work out that we didn't weren't able to get uploaded. But we kind of talked about it as well. Um, my destination, uh, it's kind of been thrown out there as well as New Jersey. Um, they just have the money. It, it, there's all the rumors through his entire time in Calgary. He wants to go out east around that area. Yeah. I think the Devils they have the money to do it. They got a young team and deservedly so. Uh, to be asking for this money. The guy had an unreal season, like a hundred points. Um, he was part of that 40 goal club, correct? Of the three of the trio. He was. Yeah. So, I mean, it's as in a contract year, what a better time to, to do that. Riley, what do you kind of see happening with Johnny right now? I, I see it going either way. I think it's pretty split. I like the New Jersey theory just for how much traction it's gained over even just these last few years when it wasn't a problem. And then there's people who are talking about Philly and I think those people are idiots. <laughs> Yeah, no, Philly, like Philly's not gonna happen. No Aaron one's going Shambles. to Philly, man. Like, yeah, seriously. Like, oh, we'll, we'll get to Philly later in the show, but, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I see it going either way. I like the Jersey theory, um, but you know, Calgary, Calgary's not Buffalo gonna let it go. Well. Yeah, that, that one. Buffalo is yeah. another spot. Yeah. Um, outside the the contract situation, obviously, there's a lot to happen. The draft still has to take place. A lot of pieces could be moved as well. What are your guys' expectations for this team heading into next season? I think you have you still have the pieces there, and you know Markstrom, Chucky, uh, Lindholm. Like there's still lots here to work with. I think the Flames are just as in it as they were this year. Oh no, definitely. I I don't think the attitude or the way that the Flames are going to look at the season next year changes. I think they they come back in. Daryl's this will be his last year um, under contract next year, behind the bench, and I think they just go for it again. One one good last run, and if they do well and do make the second round again, I could see Daryl coming back, and the things just kind of start to snowball. Especially if Goudreau does resign, um, you add a couple little edge work pieces. Like Yarn Croak, who we picked up at the deadline, really didn't contribute anything offensively. Um, he, like, he sure he has he plays a really good defensive game, but those big accusations that you may, may, uh, make at the deadline, they need to produce in the playoffs. You look at guys like Nick Paul uh, in Game Seven against Toronto. He scored the two goals for Tampa to send them through. Um, those are all guys. I, I can't think of another um, example right now, but. Uh, or even uh, Lekkinen that Colorado yeah. picked up and sent some Yeah, you have Lekkinen and Manson both scoring overtime winning goals, and they were both you know deadline pickups, right? Like that's that's what you're looking for when you're making those trades. Yeah, if Toffoli and Yarncroft played up to that standard, the Flames take the Oilers deeper. I don't know if we if we beat them, but 
it it's just the little edge work pieces that need to come together for that team that top line is cemented they showed how good of a line that they are um i don't know yeah it's just little edge work things for me does daryl sutter's um training schedule have anything to do with his farm that he's just going to bring the players out and just put them to work. <laughs> they, they might like to full, like the new guys that came in that were out of shape. <laughs> You're going to have to spend a summer on the ranch. Yeah. You're probably already handed like to and yarn croak, like off season regimens like, <laughs> sitting there. Like I'm not even under contract here next year. Like leave me alone. Daryl's <laughs> going to be pulling up to the rink with hay bales in the back of his, in his trailer. Yeah. Man. yeah. Just carrying them. Um, Inter- yeah, it'll be a fascinating offseason with Calgary um, to see what they kind of do there. And let's kind of move forward to, to the Stanley Cup playoffs. We got two teams left. We had the Tampa Bay Lightning, who ended it last night against the New York Rangers. The Avs swept the, the, the Oilers. Let's kind of talk about that game last night. And got a, the Rangers were playing with house money. I don't think a lot of people – I didn't expect them to be here. I thought they were getting bounced in the no, first. Yeah. They kept proving people wrong, and, you know, they went up 2 nothing on Tampa, but I think we kind of just saw, Riley, the experience that, that that Tampa Bay Lightning team brings. Well, it just keeps coming back up every time they face, like, adversity, man, and it, it's so disgusting how good they are. Like, like I, it's not fair at this point. I know we were talking about it with everyone, how repetitive it's getting, and it is repetitive, and for that reason, it sucks, but we've also, we haven't seen a dynasty, I'd say, in 40 years, and I'd love to see it be made this year. And I think everyone in the league's against me on that take, but I'm sticking with it. Well, yeah, me and Riley had a conversation around the fire uh, on Friday night about this. And uh, I said that, you know, like the Penguins were quite a dynasty in like the mid 2000s, but it's not anything near to what Tampa is doing right now. No. That team just doesn't know how to lose. They time and time again, doesn't matter how tight the series, how close the games are, they find a way to pull it out. It's it's absolutely unbelievable what they've done there. They're never nervous, man. Like, and honestly, I don't think he gets enough. We don't talk about him enough, Riley. John Cooper, I think, has to be the best coach in the NHL. That guy is never rattled by anything. Yeah, I've never ne- seen like, him live or anything. He's just like, he's like, we'll win this one. He's like, he doesn't panic. He, he's got full confidence in everyone that he puts on the ice, every line that goes out, and it's 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 awesome. As he should, and it, this Tampa team too, like they just they keep finding depth as well. It, it's unreal. Like Anthony Sorelli, man, that guy just come is coming and turning into a star. Nick Paul, like you had been mentioning, uh, Noah, like he's just he's relentless on both ends of the puck. That guy has been is. useful in every asset of that game. And like you still have the stars like Stamkos, Kucherov, even though he looks hurt, is playing really well. And obviously, Point wasn't even playing. No, Point wasn't playing. <laughs> and it's yeah. looking like he's probable to, to play this series, as they're saying. Um, let's talk about uh, our favorite players, Andre Vasilevsky. That guy is 8-0 in his last series clinching games with six shutouts. And I think it was a 942 save percentage. That is absurd. He's a freak of nature. Dude, I saw someone comment that he's overrated and he's just big. And I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever read in an Instagram comment section. He, he just keeps turning it back. And every time that they need him or they need somebody to pull through in a big moment, it's him. Yeah. I was very happy because uh, of how overloaded the Andre Vasilevsky's numbers after a loss was. I was so happy that he finally lost the game <laughs> after so that I just didn't have to see that stat anymore because it was just annoying. But yeah, no, he's he's unreal no matter what. He has a couple off nights, but he, he's always going to bounce back. 
Um, full credit to Igor Shosturkin, man. I feel so bad for him. He played, like, honestly, he did as much as he could going toe-to-toe with him as he yeah. could. Just the Rangers. The Lightning just found a way to it, shut it down. It, like, uh, like, they came, I saw a stat or whatever, in games three, four, five, and six, the Lightning allowed one goal at even strength. And in the last five minutes of game six, they allowed two shots, which were both from the perimeter. Like, they just... Wow. They lock them down, man. It's just the way they play. They play such a structured style of hockey. They wear you down, and they're. You'd think after this many eleven straight series win, they'd be tired. They'd be broke <laughs> down, and maybe they are. But man, they just they keep trucking along. I mean, like you said, with um, looking at Shosturkin and Vasilevsky, like both those guys need to be drug tested. I'm sorry, like it, <laughs> it, they're they're absolutely. Igor Shosturkin is like. He's the reason why you watch the New York Rangers. Like, this team was straight up rebuilding two years ago. They technically still are, depending on who you ask, right? They have a really nice young core over there. I think they're only going to get better. But, yeah, like, Vasilevsky, this guy, like, if, if Tampa if Tampa three-peats, he's winning the Conn Smythe. Oh, yeah, totally. totally. There's, no, there's no debate there. Like, it's that Russian they, gas, man. Yeah. Those goalies are just Seriously. cracked out on it. Him, yeah, him and Shesterkin. <laughs> There's a podcast I listen to, uh, the Steve Dangle podcast, and they put it so perfectly. Like you, in a best of seven series, you may be able to like beat Tampa, but in a best of three, and what they meant was in games five, six, and seven, you are never taking two of those three games against them. They yeah. come yeah. in that best of three that matters, and you're never, you're just never winning two against them. They're just so clutch. They have that killer instinct, and. Um, yeah, kudos to the Rangers. I don't know if you guys, what did you guys think about uh, Gallant in Game Six scratching Kako and breaking up that kid's line? I thought, like, I thought it was weird. Yeah, I, I saw it and I was like, "This is interesting." <laughs> My first reaction was, "People are saying that Gallant should have won the Jack Adams over Sutter." <laughs> he pulls shit like that. Yeah, give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. Right. Riley, what was your thoughts on it? I think Gallant might be one of the most overrated coaches in the league right now. <laughs> like, wow. Shesterkin carried that team. Yeah, he he carried them through the first two rounds. He carried them through the regular season. Their defense, their defensive game was horrid. Yeah, and they they just did not have guys show up like Panarin. Where was he? Oh, that where he was, was a ghost? He? That's not a he guy who throwing a ghost. Like, he was throwing passes into the middle of nowhere. He yeah. looked lost. There was just no room for him. I love. Did you see him and Cooch in the handshake lineup? Yeah, that was, yeah. That, was, that was good. Full circle. That was really good to see. Um, yeah, I knew that was as soon as that series got announced. I was like, "Yep, <laughs> that's gonna be a good one." Yeah. Um, anything else you boys want to add on that series before we quickly talk about the Avs and Oilers? I was just gonna ask, can we go to the Avs and Oilers now, so I can blow parade about the Oilers getting <laughs> swept? Um, so barn burner game one it was similar to the the first game of calgary edmonton and then the abs kind of found their game they found a way to it's funny they shut they shut down mcdavid in quotation marks the guy was still point a game he was still great um the abs are just way too much better like just yeah, all around oh, totally. on paper like totally. it's just not they're built so well like sack because that is how you, a true rebuilt team just turns into a juggernaut yeah. Yeah. For me, it's Kale McCarr for me. I... Okay. Well, we're we're gonna get to that. But he he did play very well in that series. I I think he needed to be like that. Like, there's that play everyone was raving about where it was one on one with McDavid, just stuck with him, 
poke check the puck off his stick i mean you couldn't have played that any more perfect against mcdavid barreling down on you riley we had talked about on the episode that didn't get released um i was really happy that bednar started mckinnon right off the draw against mcdavid because those are two those are the two most competitive guys i think in the league and i think mckinnon hears all the the hype around mcdavid and all the best in the world stuff and i think mckinnon he may not want to admit it publicly but i think it bugs him and i think he likes proving to people that hey i can hang with this guy and he did just that like he he didn't make mcdavid's life easy when they were on the ice together yeah for as much of a, a gamer as mckinnon is the mental game gets to him a hundred percent and mm-hmm. he tries to shake it off, but it, it, it visibly shows in his game that it gets to him sometimes. So I thought it was good that he was able to dial in this series against the, the best player in the world and match his speed and take the series to him. You could tell how happy he was after that series too. He kind of, he kept it serious. All the cliche yeah. hockey answers. We got four wins left. Yada, yada, yada. But you could tell he was really trying hard. It meant a lot to him. All the second round jokes and, president's trophies to finally get to this spot and i mean the guy trains with crosby in the offseason like he's just he's around greatness all the time he wants to be great and um he was a big contributor in that series goaltending was not for either side although francis did uh show show signs of light what about mike smith flames legend mike smith everybody (laughs) i absolutely i like i don't hate a lot of players in the nhl but i hate mike smith (laughs) (laughs) i just his attitude and the way he goes about things like when he gets scored on and like he'll like look behind him and he'll like charge out of his net sometimes like go towards the player that scored i'm like what are you doing dude like you're 40 years old just he's senile man you let in you let in a goal like own up to it dude i i can't stand mike smith and he was terrible that entire series um and the thing for me was just the speed of colorado on on edmonton's defensive group they couldn't match up at all there were so many times where mckinnon would blow past nurse or cc or bouchard bouchard got abused in that series he got absolutely abused in that series yeah credit to bouchard though i thought that kid really came out and impressed i know he's still young yet he still made a lot of mistakes on the back end but i think the oilers are are, (laughs) i think it's a positive sign especially like since they lost lost clef bomb like clef bomb was their best defense and i think they've got a guy in bouchard who can really fill into that role because as much although nurse was playing with a torn hip flexor which is insane i mean <laughs> yeah. um, not i still don't think i think we can all agree he's not the nine and a half million dollar guy that the oilers signed him to be no um but no i was i was contract. i was <laughs> i was gen- he makes more than dry sidle man i know <laughs> that's insane know. <laughs> what a man if you're a parent of of a kid in hockey they better be playing defense. I don't know why you'd want your kid playing forward. That's yeah. not where the money's at right now. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I, I was really impressed with Bouchard. I know he kind of got beat up in a lot of the series and kind of showed some of his flaws, but I think he he's a strong kid mentally, and that kid's got a bomb of a shot too. That thing has got some meat behind it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he's really good offensively, and he even looked super comfortable in their power play. Um <clears throat> But it's his defensive game that really lacked. Even against Calgary, there was a couple times where you could tell that Calgary was trying to target him. Um, he did a good job against Calgary, um, but Colorado exposed him, and mm-hmm. that that was a big thing for me. Um, the 
another contract situation with with the Oilers uh, is Evander Kane, and he had some comments as well in their their end of season uh, press conferences, and it kind of reminded. It was like Johnny's, but I was 100% more sure of, yeah, this guy's not coming back. He's going <laughs> to cash in the bank and because he, he proved himself. I, I don't think anyone he, – he was saying stuff, you know, to, to all the people who never gave up on me. I don't think anyone gave up on you as a hockey player. Um, I don't think no. anyone ever doubted your skill ever. No. Um, but so he's he's going to go and, and make bank and – uh, yeah, what do you think about that? Because that's something that I haven't like. I saw his Instagram post, and it like was almost like a full-on story that he posted on Instagram. The guy is a sap. He should pay <laughs> back. He should pay back the Cosmopolitan and shut up. Like, <laughs> like, bro, you're still waiting. You're still in debt, bud. Like, good lord. Like, of course he's gonna hit the market. Anyone who, if he can get, let's say what. I think he said I read I saw a thing on Twitter that he's looking for what like six years a six year contract six years seven to eight million yeah, yeah and I just thought about it I was like hey let's do the math real quick if he gets uh, <laughs> if he gets a seven by six he'll be about ten million dollars out of debt assuming <laughs> that he uh, you know takes care of his bank statement in the future. Um, and doesn't relapse into being a terrible human. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Relapse. And yeah, exactly. Like, but like that's the thing. Like when Evander Kane signed with the Oilers, the first like few weeks, Oilers fans were like hating it. Hating it. They were like, This is a joke. I can't believe I'm cheering for an organization that would sign a guy like this. We get to the playoffs. He's at what like <laughs> at that point in time, he's got like twelve goals. The Oilers fans are sitting here like, Vander Kane's better than Johnny. <laughs> like, like, all right, guys, like that's that's enough. <laughs> Look, that goes to show that like, as you can get away with some shitty stuff, man. The NHL, a lot of teams care about winning, um, yeah. and and we saw that with a Vander Kane, and he's yeah. gonna get another chance in the NHL. And I'm all for second chances, but good God, man, this guy's got to he's got to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> he's got. He dies. Like he's got a. This has to be the last straw. I don't care how good he is. And to be honest, if I'm him, I'm looking at it. Why wouldn't you just want to like, maybe take a pay cut, stay and play with McDavid? I don't understand that. The, the city loved him towards the end. It sounded it sounded like him and his line mates had really good chemistry. I'm sure he would if he didn't have to get forty million dollars out of debt. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, before, yeah. If he was ahead, I'm sure he'd just sign for like four mil and just hang out in Edmonton. Be before we preview the final between Tampa and Colorado, Noah has this uh, this burning sensation for Kale McCarr as the best defenseman, <laughs> and and me and Riley are, are very pro uh, headmen in this department on our our podcast. And Raj, I don't know how how you feel as well. We'll get your take on it as well. But no, I just uh, want to give you the chance to to at least try and make your case before we shut it down. What is, <laughs> look at how young he is. He's a right-handed shot D-man. Like mm -hmm. I said, Raja. So if I'm starting a franchise like this offseason in the NHL and I can take any player in the league, any player, I'm taking Kale Bakar. <laughs> Uh, those types of right-handed shot generational defensemen do not come around ever. When's the last time we saw one? Eric Carlson. Um, and he was good for six years, six or yeah, around, there. around there. Yeah. I don't see that happening with McCarr though. I don't see him falling off. 
I see him continuing to defy the game the way he controls the pace of play he's so good defensively too like you were talking about earlier with him shutting down mcdavid one-on-one like that he can play to the pace with of anybody um i i just his game is all around unbeatable i i can't even you're like i can't even explain it he's so good raja what about you what's your take on this guy the guy is absolutely superb in like every area of the ice like we're not gonna we're not just gonna sit here and pretend like he didn't own mcdavid yeah right like we're not not, like he he fathered him for at least three games in that series which was 75 percent of the whole thing but um (laughs) yeah i mean like you take a look like okay headman headman's fourth in team scoring i believe on the lightning um averages 25 minutes a, a night um you have you have a past norris trophy winner from 2018 going up against ideally your future norris trophy winner um next five years in a row yeah (laughs) i mean mccarr mccarr has five goals and 22 points like we talked about vasilevsky winning the con Smythe if tampa were to you know three-peat colorado wins the cup it's going to mccarr it's not a debate again like it's he, he had a five-point night in the series clincher. Like, Kale McCarr is gross, and I'm biased because he's a Calgary <laughs> boy, and I love him. So I'm going to go with Noah on this one if we're comparing the two. I'm going to go McCarr. <laughs> Brooks Bandit legend. Uh, Riley, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to listen. I, I don't think we've ever um, – like we've never come out and been like, yeah, Makar's ass. I don't no. think our praise for Headman means <laughs> we discredit how good. No, Makar not at is. all. I, I think uh, no. like I agree. Makar is easily like top two defenseman in the league, and he's gonna be the one of the best for his entire career. Like it's gonna go all the way. Like Noah said, how young this kid is and how good he is. Like he's got so much confidence at this age. Then it can't do anything but go up. Um, where my difference is is like Tanner, you and I have discussed this on the like podcast before about adding another trophy for defensemen considering there's offensive defensemen that seem to win the Norris every year when that's not what the trophy is really supposed to be there should be two there should be a difference there should be an offensive defenseman that's going to win it because the league's changing right so I, I think that in that case McCarr will probably win that every for the next five years but yeah I think Hedman's like as like the the values of what an actual defenseman is i just think he's all around better like the guy's disgusting and he's playing on a completely stacked team even which is incredible to say that tampa's more stacked than colorado because colorado's also super stacked but you don't need a guy like headman to be scoring as many points as mccarr when his whole team's doing it and when he needs to score he does and like he'll dish one out and he'll score one when he needs to i just that's what that's why i take headman over my car i i i completely agree with you and nothing like uh as raja was saying how mccarr played against mcdavid he's he's no slouch on the defensive end of the puck either um you're right it's it's that offensive um i don't need like and if i'm building for the future yeah i'm probably taking mccarr he's the younger guy he's got more years in the tank but if i'm looking if I was doing a win now situation, right, and I don't want as my number one defenseman a glorified 
five on five quarterback like power play quarterback and uh, as much as good as Colorado is as good as deep as they are um, where McCarr can take those risks and jump up Hedman is just so sturdy and poised like the thing McCarr's got a lot of individual um, credibility and skill the thing I love about Hedman man just his presence and poise on the ice in the defensive end as well everything from his gap control to just his coverage the guy makes everyone around him better he makes them play better he makes them play smarter he's just i he's so reliable in any asset of the game like riley said and like riley like he can go and put out points like and yeah he's fourth on the team is scoring maybe not as high as mccarr on his team but you still have got look at who he's behind right it's guys like stan no, totally. yeah. and yeah. i just i i look at him and i think part of it and i know um it's maybe not the best argument ever, but I also think it comes down with just experience and poise. Like Hedman has put in his dues and he's shown over these past two years, leading a back end of a championship team that he has what it takes and he knows what it takes to, to shut down the opposing team's top players playing 25 minutes a night um, in the toughest hockey in the world. So I think like, obviously he's not going to be there forever, but I just think Hedman it's, it's always his trophy to lose and yeah i think they need another defensive trophy for offensive and defensive defensemen because it's no, brutal totally yeah you're saying yeah headman just knows how to win like i mean he's going to the cup finals three years in a row now right so that's obviously got to mean something but something that was really surprising to me was that mccarr has already played like 50 playoff games mm-hmm. or something like that like yeah. that is mind blowing for to his me, age that he's already man. yeah that he's already played 50 playoff games i don't know what it is it, it has to be the cookies on the bench like <laughs> it makes it so much better too because he's got that baby face kind of so he just like right? on cookies and he's got the smelly <laughs> hockey glove off and <laughs> mckinnon sitting in the corner like trying to slap it out of his hand and him a salad bowl or something no just... i want my cookies yeah um but who knows maybe this will be the the testament we have uh those two teams going at it it's the tampa bay lightning going for the first three peats and oh man what was it it was 30 some years or something since we've seen a team win the cup three times in a row and uh the first team that would ever do it if they pull it off in the salary cap era which would be fantastic to see personally in my opinion um, versus the Colorado Avalanche, who, quite frankly, probably should have been here the last few years, and they're finally getting a chance to to bring home Lord Stanley Cup. Let's go around with predictions. Riley, who's walking away with the Stanley Cup? Well, um, first off, I'm pissed about my entire bracket because the Oilers ruined it. <laughs> the Oilers ruined it. I have a perfect bracket except for that series except for the flames and oilers yeah really? everything else wow. i got right and i'm pissed about it like so <laughs> um but i'm gonna stick to my my guns on my prediction on my uh my bracket i have tampa and seven i i think they do it again this year i think uh colorado is really gonna p- put up a good fight and it's gonna be a close series um i'm not gonna be shocked if the avalanche win but i i'm taking tampa and seven right now Raja, what about you? I I'm a fan of Riley's prediction. I think Tampa and seven makes sense. <laughs> like this is the first final where it's a genuine best on best, and yeah, you're not having a surprise storyline. I mean, since 
like dare I say like San Jose Pittsburgh in 2016. Yeah. Was that not the last Stanley Cup final where there wasn't some random headline that just shows up out of nowhere <laughs> and suddenly have an out of whack final that no one predicted? Pretty much. Like, like yeah. you have you have 2017, right? Pittsburgh, Nashville. You can argue whether or not Nashville deserved to be there. We don't 20- talk about that year ever. We don't talk about that playoff run. <laughs> 20, 2018, Vegas comes in out of nowhere. They're in the yeah. final of Washington. 2019, St. Louis was last in the league around Christmas time and somehow made it to the final, won the cup. 2020, that's, you know what? They did well with what they were given. They were able to restart, I guess, the season kind of being able to finish it off in the bubble. But again, you had Dallas and Tampa. The, the Dallas top. Stars. Yeah. Like, come yeah, on. What happened there? <laughs> the Dallas Stars didn't, like, really. You know what I mean? And then last year, the Montreal Canadiens played yeah, the Vegas one. Golden Knights before the cup <laughs> final. Can we just, like, like, okay, I understand they got there and all that, but, like, nothing made sense last year. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> That like, last year no. was wild. Like, the, was. <laughs> yeah, like, like to your point, Raja. Like, honestly, the Stanley Cup final the last two years has just been the Eastern Conference final. It's been the Lightning and Islanders. Like, those were the two top teams really that were exactly. going at it. Like, no one, both those years with Dallas and uh, Montreal in the final, everyone knew it was Tampa coming out of that series. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for my pick, that's why I'm gonna go Colorado and. I'm going to go with seven because Tampa's not a pushover. I was going to say six, but the last two years, Tampa has fought and clawed their way through the Eastern Conference, like through the semis, through the conference finals, through everything. But as soon as they've gotten to the cup final, they like their matchup hasn't been anything comparable to them, really, mm-hmm. realistically. This year, they are coming in against a team who is fully built to contend and possibly beat them. And Colorado has gone through so much adversity to get to these cup finals over the last four years, pretty much since, well, since 2019. Um, I think that they are going to want this more than Tampa will. I think they're going to come out and they are going to play their absolute hearts out for seven straight games. It's going to go seven, but I think it comes down to game seven. Colorado is going to want that more. I think it's a lot of it also has to come down to injuries, right? Like, What's Braden Point's status going to be? What's Nazem Kadri's status going to be? Is Darcy Kemper going to be playing hurt when yeah. this series yeah. starts? Because <laughs> um, if your if your goalie matchup is Vasilevsky and Francouz, like okay, yeah, true. Like it's not it's not favorable, obviously. <laughs> like this is the first year where there's a it's a legitimate best on best Stanley Cup final. It's exciting. Finally, it's, like we have a final that it's unpredictable. And mm-hmm. like that's the thing. Like we're sitting here talking about predictions. It's like we don't know what the hell's gonna happen. This is crazy. Me personally, I want undoubtedly biased. I want the Avalanche to win it this year. But do I think Tampa could repeat? Yeah, I do. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Think, totally. It's gonna go to game seven. Like there's I, no doubt about it. You can just flip a coin, really. I'm gonna shut off all uh social media if the Avs win because I can't wait to see all the the hockey. Um, dummies out there that come on and say <laughs> the Lightning's last two cups were flukes because they weren't a full a full season and the Avs are the true champions of the NHL <laughs> in the last two years. Um, 
like COVID cup garbage and all that sort of stuff, man. So yeah, yeah. I, um, I think, yeah, man, I think it's going to be tight. I, I genuinely think it's going seven. I think Tampa's going to win it on the road in that seventh game. Um, I believe the avalanche are going to come out flying in the series. series. I, I, I see a similar style to what happened in the Rangers series. I think they take the first two at home. I think Tampa kind of gets the, their system kind of adapts to, excuse me, adapts to it. And they figure out um, what what goes on from there, and they try and try and uh, claw their way back into the series. Speaking of, you know, like you said, injuries like Nazem Kadri, that's going to play a big part. If Darcy Kemper is even slightly hurt, man, I've got. If I'm Bednar, like I have no problem putting in Francois. Like, just put your healthy no, totally. goalie. Just yeah. give him a shot. Like, I, I don't understand that, especially with a goaltender, Riley. You could probably attest to this playing hurt. It's probably a little different when you're playing the full 60 minutes. Yeah, well, and especially in a series that's going to be as intense as that one, he's got to be at his best at all times. You have to expect the best. Like, you can't just be hanging out and, like, Kucherov's going to come destroy you every 20 seconds. The second you're off guard, like, it's over. So how how long till Corey Perry gets in a scuffle with Josh Manson or somebody? <laughs> it's got to be first shift. Yeah, I was going to say first that's shift. That's another thing, though, right? Like, you got a guy like Corey Perry and <clears throat> Patrick Maroon and say Kemper is injured, they're going to be digging around that crease like there's no tomorrow, and mm-hmm. it could really like reaggravate an injury. So, Pat, Mar- how do you- Pat Maroon, if he wins this year, is going to have playoff series. Dude, he's going to if he wins this year, he's going to have more cups than Crosby and Malkin. How does that feel? <laughs> Dude, Pat, Pat Maroon. Maroon is a legend. Yeah, he's he the greatest it, player of our generation. He is. We're so lucky like, we get to see that guy on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to tell my grandkids about the legend of Patrick. Um, yeah exciting series man i i can't wait it's genuine like genuinely unpredictable it's the first final probably since honest i didn't care for 2019 either like the first final since the caps and vegas where i'm probably been genuinely excited to see which way it goes so um We'll move on from there. That's pretty much what we've got in the Stanley Cup finals. Um, there is a, a lot of coaching news. So, so Bruce Cassidy was uh, was fired. I don't know if you how if you guys heard how he was fired. Um, <laughs> it was <laughs> very unprofessional on the Bruins part. So, for those that don't know, uh, about two about two three weeks ago, Bruce Cassidy was told by management that his job was secure. He uh, he was going to be back. Um, and then they they contacted him a few weeks later and they said you know bruce we we want to talk to you in person so instead of calling him into the office or bruce driving down to the rink and you know getting the feel for what's going on they they go to his house okay (laughs) his home and they're like yeah so that whole job security thing we told you about you're gone (laughs) we're uh sorry you're you're not with our team anymore and I don't know. I, I, they were asking this on a, another podcast I listened to. Would you like? What would you guys prefer, getting fired in your home, or would you rather get called to the office? Because I, I, I think I'd rather be outside of my my house, to be honest. I don't, and waste your time to drive down to the arena. Well, at least yeah, I can pick can up just, some things. Like, <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah. Go clean your office yeah. out while you're there and stuff, and like, <laughs> maybe take one last lap on the range just yeah. to make the Zamboni guy angry. 
I mean, I'd preferably like to be fired on Twitter. <laughs> like, just, just, I want to open up my phone, see the, see the news, be like, okay, and that saves me the gas money. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that firing, that surprised me. Like, it was not yeah. Cassidy's fault. Um, no, Cassidy's a great coach, and whoever gets him is is gonna thrive from that. Yeah, that's the there's a lot up for whoever snags him. There was a lot of rumors that, uh, and he wants to get right back in the coaching carousel. He said after he got fired, he wants to get right back into it. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of rumors, like there there were rumors that him and Bergeron uh, didn't see eye to eye on some things, which obviously that's a big player um, for the Bruins organization. I think if you're picking loyalties, obviously at, at some point it does come down to that. There were uh, there was frustration that some of the younger guys um, with the Bruins uh, weren't getting uh, enough ice time, which let's let's blame bruins upper management for that they there was i can't remember exactly what year but they had three first round picks and i, I i'm forgetting the third one off the top of my head but one of them was jake debrusque who serviceable nhl player hasn't maybe thrived in the bruins organization as they maybe hoped he would and zach senishin Sen- yeah, yeah. um who i don't even know if he i don't think he played in the nhl lots this year uh, I think he played a couple oh. games, but he's been in Providence most of most of his career. And and the other first round pick, I can't remember. So uh, clearly, yeah. I don't think has made as big of an impact either on the team. Yeah. Like they, that's one thing with the Bruins, man. They they've had this they've great had core. This great... Bergeron, Marchand, Chara was there forever. Pasternak came in. Rask. They have done a terrible job drafting around those guys. Jacob Jacob Zaboral was the third pick. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. not a bad NHL player by any means. Like he's he's serviceable on 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 some teams, but like you know, three first round picks and you really don't hit the mark on any of them. Yeah, in in one draft. I mean, and there were man, there were some big names that went after in that draft too. Like Brock Besser was one of them. Um, yeah. man, there, I can't I can't remember Barzal. Yeah, um, that one was. That one just hurts everyone, I think, <laughs> to be honest. So, in, it'll, I don't know what uh, what your guys' uh, view on the Bruins is now. Bergeron's career is up, up in the air as well. Um, what do you guys kind of see? Is the rebuild finally coming to Boston, Riley? Oh, I hope so. I think I can't it's wait time. For them to be terrible. Yeah, who who isn't excited to see them suck for a while? Yeah, like be a bottom feeder, have your lottery picks for eight years. Yeah, I won't have to hear from your annoying fan base ever again. <laughs> oh, you'll still Please. hear from them. They'll find a way. They'll find a way. <laughs> they'll just they'll just tweet you t- Tim Thomas highlights yeah. for the next eight years just to get through it. <laughs> It's not even it's not even the fan base as much as as it is like Jack Edwards. Like if the Bruins are sucking and they win a, and they win a lottery pick, can you imagine this guy's like, oh my god, he'll be sitting at the draft table with the team. Like he'll ask for a media pass and then yeah. rip up a mic to go up and interview the kid that they get selected <laughs> personally on stage. Like well, this guy's like a son to me. It's like. Okay. <laughs> You can kind of yeah. come up to him and be like, so now that you're the best player in the league, how do things feel with this new organization? Like, <laughs> you know what? Why You just two-hand a guy right across the throat. Can you tell me why he deserved it? That's, that's exactly how Jack Edwards would phrase that question to a Bruins yeah. player. Yeah. They can do no wrong. They're, man, he's literally, as much as you watch. hate, as much as you hate him, just some of the clips you hear, they're so funny. Oh, they're hilarious. Just, they just oh, get man. under people's skin. Um, 
what yeah he knows he knows his place he's a regional broadcaster he knows what he's doing um other coaching news we're gonna circle back to the flyers barry trotz and john tortorella are the finalists final candidates for the flyers head coaching vacancy god almighty we talked about this riley i hope it's tortorella (laughs) because that will just be a shit storm for as long as he's there fall apart they take i hope it's Tortorella because I actually do I do like Barry um yeah. I really like him as a coach I want to see him go to like Vegas or Winnipeg or something like that and actually be able to coach with a team that is somewhat put together um Tortorella can figure out the shit pile that is the Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers just please don't let it be Barry yeah man uh, tortorella and flyers fans are two of the most stubborn groups in the nhl you will ever get you know if if they don't like a line they're gonna just be bombarding tortorella and the flyers on the media and tortorella is just gonna be like no like fuck all of you like i'm not changing it like don't come don't come to the games don't come to the games then don't come to the games this is my team (laughs) <laughs> and like it's chuck fletcher at the helm so he's not gonna stop him chuck fletcher's not gonna do oh, anything chuck fletcher might be the only gm worse than ken holland in the nhl <laughs> yeah. like um i think i think trots would fix that team up really well i think we saw what he did with the Islanders. remember like that summer was brutal for the islanders they came off just an awful year their captain had left them after it sounded like he was gonna come back they were in complete disarray and he came in with his coaching staff and they they just brought in a structured play for this team and while it did maybe halt the growth of some guys like barzell i know that was a big um controvert or not controversy kind of relationship that was strained over trots's time there because he uh you know barzell wasn't allowed to be free like the offensive player mm-hmm. he is mm-hmm. um he he took this team to the eastern conference final and was one win away last year from going on to win the stanley cup let's be real yeah um so i think trots the fly i look at the flyers man you look at how they play and just the way they carry themselves that is a broken locker room that's a team that just doesn't want to come to the rink uh oh, carter totally. hart carter hart has in shambles something <laughs> to get him back on track and i think i think they they need trots obviously they need some sort of structure to their play I just really want to see the the storm that comes with Tortorella. I just think it'd be, those post game press. I don't. I think Tortorella, like he he goes in and out of the league. I think he finally like he always takes it to like de stress. I think it'll maybe last two games before he's <laughs> like. Oh, tell me you don't miss Tortorella press conferences. They're so good. Awesome. <laughs> like he just always like the media would try and get stuff out of him just middle finger no i'm good don't need to tell you anything i'm gonna go do this though see ya <laughs> i love those kind of guys like daryl like the 13 second response times i laughed during the season they were comparing uh woodcroft's and daryl sutter's average response times to the media <laughs> woodcroft's average response time was two minutes and 21 seconds daryl sutter's was 12 seconds that was the average response time <laughs> nice we and then the worst part is there's hockey fans out there that get mad when we have coaches that are just straight up honest or just brutally just show who they are and then we get mad at them for it which i think we need more of it personally exactly yeah. it's like it's like that with players too like if a player shows a little bit of personality all the boomer fans are like oh, i don't like that very much like, <laughs> yeah oh, be a robot please <laughs> yeah exactly like, um 
you guys you guys attested to like Tortorella. If this guy goes to Philly, do you guys remember the Voracek incident with Mike Selsky? Yes. Yeah, we're gonna have <laughs> at every post game in Philly. <laughs> can you can you explain that uh, situation for those that don't know it? So basically, um, the, he's a columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and he was critical of Voracek's game. And they had just come off of beating the Penguins five to two, <laughs> and and I forgot the question. But Voracek called him a weasel and then hit him with, it "Doesn't matter what I say, Mike. You're gonna write fucking shit every time." <laughs> like, <laughs> and I just remember looking at Travis Konechny's face, like sitting next to him. He just looks over. He's like, "Oh shit." <laughs> Is there anything better than media and players going back and forth? I'll never forget the clip this year with Dreisaitl, and I can't remember who the reporter was, but oh, why, yeah. why are you so pissy? Yeah. <laughs> Just what a, like, what a question to Leon. ask a player. Why are you so pissy, I, I Leon? It. I love it. <laughs> um, there, there's some other uh, coaching uh vacancies out there as well as coaches uh to be hired i know for a while there the flyers were looking like uh like jeff lashaw was in in the race which oh my god i really thought <laughs> chuck fletcher was gonna do it um lashaw was there from 16 17 with the wings that's insane he lasted that long yeah that team yeah. sucked <laughs> yeah right yeah um uh, i've heard lashaw linked to the blackhawks which oh my god let's not do that um you deserve it taught we, we do deserve it <laughs> but um also to also on like the top of the trading block yeah, now which is that? so pressing. what is that yeah how do you feel about that tanner awful <laughs> we have this one guy who wasn't part of any of that shit storm from 2010 the only bright light of this team we've had this year and you want to get rid of him <laughs> who's a 40 goal score with or without Kane on his yes. line. Yes. Uh, Alex Dabrinkit is very, very good. Um, I, but I think honestly, if they're gonna, if they're gonna really fully commit to this rebuild, I don't think they're gonna bring back Dabrinkit even if they wait to sign him. So I just think, whatever, get a good return for him, just like they did with Hagel. Like the fact they got two first round picks for that guy, uh, I'm sure they can find a great package for Dabrinkit. And, uh, just sit back and enjoy the next eight years of Seth Jones <laughs> <laughs> and watch Adam Boquist turn into a fucking star in Columbus. <laughs> uh, um, Chicago fans deserve this pain. Yeah. <laughs> the fans don't deserve the pain. The organization has brought this on themselves 100%. Yeah, some um, bad karma. Holy smokes. That was just an awful year there was just nothing good about this year like our our master to nominee like and no offense i love the guy but dylan strome and the only reason is because he's just been in trade rumors consistently and he just yeah. had to play through it like and didn't he get scratched like a bunch this year too oh man like under colleton man i don't know what he had against him he just did not like playing him um like him and debrinkit were so good together and then they split him up strome obviously didn't do as well without um, so his, yeah. his junior buddy by his side while the brinket went to go play up with patrick kane mm -hmm. um shocker that one of them didn't produce like the other one crazy <laughs> um i i i just hope 
he doesn't come back i feel so bad for him that guy was always in and out of the lineup he just seemed like they never gave him a fair shot but yeah we're just uh i'm excited seth jones caleb jones that'll be just something we can gag over for the next eight years brotherly love yeah that'll be our the best story we have seth jones coming off uh uh or who won it was finland they didn't even win a medal i don't think the states at the the world championships yeah cool cool but uh no i look i i've talked i've i've been hard on jones on this podcast before i just it's nothing against him it's the the deal they signed him to and what we had to give up for him but you gotta take your steam out uh, on someone didn't chicago lose their first round pick this year too they did actually <laughs> uh, because it wasn't that's okay because i'm i want the dart next year anyways i think that will look so much better um they're they're talking about trading it or trading for one as well. The Devils have theirs up for grabs. So uh, I guess sure. maybe Debrinkit's uh, been rumored to go to New Jersey as well. That could be a trade package that you get. So that'd be really there's good. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of uh, that team would be so small in New Jersey. Yeah, if Debrinkit <laughs> went there, what would their average height be? Five <laughs> eleven, at least on the forward yeah. core. Yeah, <laughs> like if if they're lucky. Um, Dougie Hamilton's making up for it on yeah, the back he's end. Yeah, carrying the percentage. He's rounding up a little bit. <laughs> There's not much other NHL news I had. I don't know if any of you guys had anything you wanted to discuss uh, into the Flames boys. Is there something you wanna wanna bring up? Well, we talked about the Flyers coaching vacancy a bit. Yeah, I remember seeing an article saying that they talked to Kirk Muller, and immediately I sent that to Noah, and I was like, please, for the love of God, get this guy out, like all take him, take him, <laughs> have him, take him. <laughs> Like well, like like seriously, the Flames power play, uh, abysmal. <laughs> abysmal. I don't even want to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this, Kurt Muller just—he's one of those dudes that, like, you know, he just thinks in one way and one way only, and it has to be that way. Nothing else is going to change. Yeah, maybe no. he can be the power play coach alongside Tortorella. I'm sure they'll butt heads um, very politely with everyone. Perimeter. Uh, Perimeter. Perimeter. Did I mention perimeter? That's that's yeah. a system. <laughs> <Did> I... <laughs> yeah. Um, Riley, anything you you had to add? Not really. I'm just uh, I'm excited for the series. It's gonna be a battle, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm ready to watch. I bet money on Tampa too, so I, I should mention I, that. <laughs> I bet money as well. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little nervous. If yeah. Things get a little more intense when there's something on the line. <laughs> Oh, you guys are betting money? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go throw my savings down on Colorado right now. <laughs> Just and, a, and a Kale McCarr con Smice win. There. Maybe that one's more yeah. safe. <laughs> Fair enough. Um do you you know what? For like obviously the con Smythe usually goes to the team that wins. Like, have you do you guys ever remember a year where the losing team had a guy where even though they lost, it was like this guy deserved it. Like he like without him, they wouldn't have even sniffed this point. Like I like in the past I, few I don't. years. It was there one in the past few years? I like I can't Not think off of the top one. of my head, yeah, but I don't think so. Maybe like the closest would be like no, I was gonna say like Hudobin in twenty twenty, but like even then, like he, he was still outperformed, right? By Yeah. Like so by anybody. Yeah. It's a weird one. Um but yeah um that's pretty much all i had for today guys uh 
I guess another just side note, uh, I'll just pump Noah's tires here. Kale McCarr uh, knocked out uh, Duncan Keith, which I was very happy to, to see. Yep. I hope yep. that guy is uh, is gone. I hope he just hangs it up. He had a good career. Um, it's not sounding ever. like it, though. We don't. Well, off the ice, definitely not. Um, so let's just hang him up, Keith. Go live in <laughs> BC or wherever you want to be close to, and we'll just never have to talk about it again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, guys, up we'll, to the rest of the day. Editing uh, us, probably. Editing. <laughs> <laughs> I got a. I got a new laptop. I got. I should probably go buy some accessories for us so I can yeah. finally oh, snap okay. this thing yeah. in half. You guys um, see how much it's supposed to rain in Calgary tomorrow? 50 no? to 75 milliliters 100 percent chance what yeah it's bad yeah and tuesday i'm going to be golfing today well. then yeah, yeah. Facts. it's like it's clear sky it's right beautiful yeah. out like yeah i I'm... got a tea time at three o'clock so <laughs> what's your handicap noah oh dude you don't even want to <laughs> <laughs> i'm terrible Bro, my top, my best club, I went to, to this resale store when I bought my clubs, and it was $20 for the whole set. It came with it came with three three irons, and my, my like, farthest driving club is a one iron, a wooden one iron. <laughs> so, so, like, whenever we go play par fives, I, we always got to play best ball, because, like, I can't. Cause you, right, yeah, yeah, Bro, yeah, I yeah. can't get any, like, I'm lucky if I get past 150 yards with that thing. Like, it's teeing off. I, I got a golf story. Um, so this year, uh, I went out golfing with Ethan and my brother and his buddy. And uh, me and Ethan may have had a little too much to drink. And it was like the 17th hole. Um, I had my sand wedge. I just chipped up onto the green, had my putter in my other hand. And I like started walking towards the green, tripped over my putter. Um, sand wedge landed between the ground and my ribs. I ended up bruising a couple ribs and snapped my sand wedge in half. And that was the only club that I could shoot good with. Like I, I, I'm good around the green. I was so good with that sand wedge. It just worked perfectly for me. And then it just, I lost it all instantly. And I haven't been back out golfing yet since. So that's that is so sad you gotta get a new wedge it was <laughs> i know i know and then we're talking about golf stories i was on the golf team if you want to call it that in high school but the requirement <laughs> of that would just be you just had to know how to play like there were no tryouts or anything yeah so I walked around with a Rundle Cobra's golf hat <laughs> entire like the entire year when when the weather was nice out and I was like oh yeah oh yeah I, I golf I golf like what's your handicap I'm like don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the golf team don't matter like. <laughs> You should have just said good enough to be on the golf team. Yeah, so I did show them the yeah. cap. Like, you see, this This is a Nike golf cap. <laughs> <laughs> my name is like, I'm just like yeah, that. that's my handicap. <laughs> yeah. Riley, Riley have, you hit, have you hit the links this year? No, I haven't. I need to. I don't have time. I, I work way too much. I'm an idiot. So um, you, I might go. You could that. probably read the greens better than everyone with how much you're around the just nature and the grass. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably yeah. Just, Dude, I know the yeah, lay of the land. It. Yeah. <laughs> you you, you know, when the greens are for like four years. You know when the greens are slow and yeah. you know, when they speed up a little bit. Rather, we'll figure out a tea time here soon. We'll get a we'll get a group of the guys to go out. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Yeah, we got we got in shit last time we went golfing because uh, you know the speed caps they have on on the golf carts that you can take off. You can like so if you lift the seat up, the you can like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and fucking 
we went to go park it and i didn't realize that the the guy was sitting at the clubhouse and i was whipping around on that thing in the parking lot it was like flinging rocks up and shit so i park it and he just goes you think i'm that fucking stupid and he comes looking he's like you think he lifts up the seat he's like was this you that fucking did it or whatever and he's looking he's like Try, yeah, just have to play dumb, right? And he's like, you can fuck right off with that shit. We don't do that. Really? Wow. Like, he's like, if you ever think you can drive one of these again, you're out of your fucking mind. So my buddy, it wasn't even my cart. I went to go park my buddy's <laughs> cart. So then he comes over and he's like, uh, like, what seems to to be the problem here? And like, we, we have a, a person we know that works there. And he's like, oh yeah, no, like we, we noticed it was fast. Like the cart girl, like, uh, we told her it was fast. She just did nothing about it. And he just like, his eyes open up. He's like, she didn't do anything. She didn't tell you to bring it back. I'm like, no. <laughs> Fuck, sorry, boys. So I don't know if she got fired or not. But, but, um, <laughs> but, you guys got a cart girl fired because you couldn't own up to taking the governor off. Yeah. I guess that's probably the, the only golf course in PA, though, hey? Uh, one of the only nice ones. Yeah. 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 It was a good, good time, though. That thing can fucking fly when, when you're on your own. But, yeah. uh, yeah, summer's in full swing. Sucks to hear about the rain over there. That's awful. But uh, we could u- really use some here. Yeah, we, we could so, use it as well. Um, it'll be it'll be coming your way. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Um, that we'll leave it right there, boys. Thanks so much for for coming on. We're we're happy to have you guys. Uh, go follow the Into the Flames podcast. You know, what? I'll just leave it for you guys. Plug all the plug all the shit you want. Yeah. Go ahead, Russia. <laughs> you can find us on YouTube. Just type in Into the Flames, Calgary Flames fan podcast. We're we're growing more on YouTube than we are on streaming, but we're there too. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much wherever you want to listen to people talk about and have one-on-one therapy sessions. That's where you go. Um <laughs> Other than that, yeah, that's about it. You can follow us on Instagram at into dot the dot flames. <laughs> nice. There you go. And you can uh, you can find the House League Heroes on Instagram at House League Heroes. Um, you can follow uh, in the intro as well. You can find me and Riley on Instagram as well. And uh, yeah, th- these guys they they got a great podcast. They're really great to listen to. Uh, they really know their flame stuff. If you're a Flames fan and just uh, generally news around the nhl so definitely go give them a listen and uh me and riley will be back uh whenever we you know yeah, we always we'll figure have it this, out <laughs> we have this schedule that uh we don't even know it kind of just pops up yeah. whenever when we get a minute <laughs> um, right, awesome uh yes thanks boys i uh, really appreciated uh having us on here it was a lot of fun actually i had, I had a good time yeah good awesome. collab. thanks boys and have yeah, a good awesome. day everyone yeah you guys too thanks boys